0: you're listening to becoming whole podcast with claire bradshaw where i explore with my guests what it means to lean into living a life of wholeness and connectedness a life where all parts of ourselves our body mind and spirit come into alignment where we're truly living into our own personal values so if you're a seeker a feeler or someone wanting more from your precious life then tune in every fortnight and let's get inspired together Hello and welcome to episode number 28 of Becoming Whole podcast with Claire. And in this podcast interview, I chat with the beautiful Lindsay Mack. Um, this interview was such a joy to record. And you may or may not know Lindsay. She is the host of the wildly popular podcast Tarot for the Wild Soul, which has been downloaded over 1.7 million times in the year since it's been launched. Um, she's an intuitive tarot reader, a teacher, and also a writer. Um, she is the creator of Soul Tarot, a way of interpreting and intentionally utilizing the tarot as a tool for our soul's growth and its evolution. Soul Tarot is a fusion of Lindsay's 22 years of experience reading and studying tarot, her work with her mentor, her own healing journey through complex PTSD and channeled wisdom from her guides. Through her regularly sold out workshops, retreats and online tarot courses, Lindsay has had the profound honour of teaching Soul Tarot to thousands of people from all over the world. Now, it's such a pleasure to interview Lindsay. Um, one of the reasons is a number of months ago, my mentor um, recommended that I listen to this podcast and I've just been getting so much joy from listening to it. Not only do I really resonate with the journey that um, that Lindsay's been on um, in some regards, but also... Um, I can just tell her energy through the podcast. She's just a beautiful, beautiful soul. And I was so excited to interview her. And if you haven't listened to her podcast um tarot for the world soul then I would really recommend it but to clear if you're interested in you know hearing a bit more about what's maybe going on in um the broader environment around us um both you know connecting with uh what's happening astrologically but also uh Lindsay um, does some sort of channeled readings as well and um, pulls some tarot cards and I've found it to be a complete um, comfort as I'm sort of navigating things that are going on in my world um, and then understanding how my life is impacted by the broader world as a whole. Um, so do check that out if that calls to you. And I wanted to let you know if you're interested and available in Melbourne CBD on Saturday the 1st of December from 1 until 3 at Yoga Corner in the CBD, I have another workshop coming up as part of my my Nourish You series. It's called Taking Good Care of Yourself. And it's something that I have found absolutely critical in my own life and in the lives of my clients in terms of really coming back home to ourselves and um, building our lives from the inside out. and you know, if we're finding that we're giving to everyone else and not giving to ourselves, then over time, this can have a profound impact on our health and our well-being, affecting things like sleep, the food that we put into our bodies, our emotions, the way that we speak and treat other people as well. Um, so we're going to be talking about some of these subjects like setting boundaries and saying no, and, um, really filling our own cup, um, before we start to you know help other people and you know moving away from this belief system that's been caught on in our society that we need to be all things to all people and that it's selfish to give to ourselves first so we're going to be debunking some of these beliefs and these myths there's going to be a whole lot of um, partner work there's going to be some self inquiry, um, a little bit of learning and also some explorative work finishing off with a juicy meditation and a restorative, a couple of restorative yoga poses as well. So if that does excite you and interest you, then please do book your ticket. Um, you can get that on my website, so uh, claire-bradshaw.com. Um, and um, if you'd like to grab that before Thursday, so that's tomorrow evening, then you can get the early bird discount. And you just want to use the code um wellness warrior too but I'll put all of those details in the show notes so that you can get those um after you've listened to the episode um let's go straight to the episode I'm sure you're going to absolutely love the energy of Lindsay and what she has to say today hi Lindsay it's great to have you on the podcast such a joy Claire thank you so much for having me Awesome, okay, so let's get straight to talking about tarot. so I would love to know sort of you know the basics of what tarot is because for myself and I think for many people, this may be quite a new um you know concept and idea, so i'd love you to start talking and let us know what the tarot is sure, so really simply.
1: And really cleanly. Um, The tarot, uh, without kind of going into immense historical detail, the tarot is a very old set of 78 archetypal images. Um there's uh evidence that they like sourced from Egypt. There's a lot of evidence that sources them in Italy, like they've changed and woven through time. Um, there have been pieces added to them, et cetera. But the tarot, uh, again, put really simply, is just that set of 78 archetypes that um, are kind of split between three parts, the majors, the minors, and the court cards. And um, in terms of like what it is, what it does is um, it's a map for the human experience. So pretty much everything we... Experience in this life the big, huge, sweeping waves that we don't really have any control over and kind of just have to surrender to birth stuff, death stuff, aging, um, the change on our planet, um, you know, it it, like down to the change of the seasons, um, all of those things are kind of in the tarot, as well as like the nitty gritty, tough. Hard, human stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly, <clears throat> as well as the enlightened parts of being a human being, so it is all in there um, mm-hmm. and and um, and what 's so special about the tarot is like mm-hmm. the next person on your podcast would speak to it like probably some of the same stuff, but differently because the most beautiful mm-hmm. thing about tarot is mm-hmm. that it is an interpretational mm-hmm. art form it's an interpretive tool. So everyone has their Mm. own medicine to offer. And everyone has their own way of understanding tarot, which is really special because, you know, everyone's kind of the teacher.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. And so is there, are there different types of tarot or is, you know, all the decks
1: the same? All the decks are the same. Some of them have little differences. Like some people, um, like for example, I'll throw some names out there. Like there's a deck called the Osho Zen Tarot that is uh, almost every title of cards are different. Um, right. so they're really different names. So Some decks have different names and some decks add cards like the Fountain Tarot or the Star Child Tarot. But for the most part, the tarot is the tarot.
0: Right. Okay, great. And yeah. so the tarot's been, so you're saying it's been around for hundreds, thousands of years? Thousands of years. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, back sort of thousands of years ago, was it um, something that was very popular and quite common and accepted?
1: I don't know about that Mm. in terms of, but I do know, what I do know, what I am more familiar with, and someone could probably like school me, which I'm here to always be learning about this. I do know in Italy, it was a very popular uh, game among royals, um, Mm -hmm. like kind of among the wealthy and was, uh, and from Italy, uh, where it really started to pop off was... um, it kind of had a little migration in Paris where it was known as Le Tarot. And that's sort of how um, a couple people, you know, who created uh, the Smith Rider Weight Tarot, which is kind of the most iconically recognized tarot deck. And if anyone's listening, you can Google that. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about most likely. Mm Um, pretty much like the deck that, you know, as being like in movies and TV, like that is the Rider Waite. And, um, uh, the makers of the deck were part of a group that kind of had their influence that came from Paris. So I'm, my gift is not really in like, the nerding out on the history. Like I think, Mm. which doesn't mean I'm not here to answer that. Like I'm so into it, but, um, some people like that is their like deep passion and they know all about the timeline. And, um, yeah, but I do know that it was, we have more ish about it. Like people feeling like, Oh, tarot's scary now than they did then. They just used it as playing cards for the most part.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I know from for myself, I used to see tarot as really mysterious, maybe a little bit witchy, a bit woo-woo. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, whereas now, you know, over the last sort of five years, I've been really drawn towards it, but not really knowing how to use it and how it can enrich my life and the lives of others. So I'd love you to talk a little bit more about how the tarot can really help us in our lives and how we can actually use the tarot um, in the day-to-day. So the tarot
1: is, I believe, um, the most beautiful, powerful tool for recentering and empowerment that we kind of have on this planet. That is that is what I believe. Um, very humble, <laughs> but it is. Yes. I definitely feel that way. Um, tarot. Uh, the trick of it, though, is knowing how tarot works. So tarot um, is a horrible tool for fortune telling. It does a terrible job at it, meaning that um, it, it's not right all the time. Like if, if people try to predict the future, or get a sense of what, what's to come mm-hmm. or what will be, or what another person is thinking, um, we will almost always get mixed responses because really everything, our guides, spirit, like whatever word we want to use, it's all happening right now. And there's a lot that our guides will not tell us because it's not in our highest and best to know. Right now, and sometimes mm-hmm. it literally is so so present, so mundane that the only thing, the only responsibility that we really have as human beings, in terms of like our incarnation into these bodies as souls in this lifetime, is to be as present as possible so we can be available to whatever medicine lesson experience is coming up for us in that moment. And of course, sometimes like we're going through it so hard, we kind of feel like we don't want to engage. And sometimes we're not even sure how to engage. Um, and I believe that tarot, and by the way, I'm not alone in this. Like so many people feel mm-hmm. this way. And I just really want to honor that. Um, the tarot is the tool. That when we are not sure what's going on, when we need a read on kind of the temperature of the void, on like what is here for us in this moment, what are we learning about? What is? What am I being invited to pay attention to right now? The tarot mm-hmm. is there for you, and it speaks in languages that are very simple. Like if you get a major, if you pull, um, and it, you know, for anyone confused it's like, what's a major? Like Google's your friend. It's super simple, but like majors are basically, um, the 22 cards from the fool to the world. And they really represent these big, big evolutionary energies. Like if you're in the shit, I'm sorry if I can't curse here. I <laughs> cool. Like if you're really in something and you mm. pull a major, that can be a deep comfort because then we can relax and say like, okay, wow. Okay. I'm going through a really big cyclical energy right now. I'm growing, I'm evolving. And so I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to be a little gentler. Mm -hmm. And if we pull a minor, um, then we, you know, depending on what we get, we have the ability to say, okay, you know, there's something, there's a knot, there's, there's something in front of me that I'm, I'm working with here. Like there's something in the garden to, to dig or to plant or to grow or, um, Mm -hmm. and if we get a court card, you know, they're, they're very, uh, they're very, uh, advanced court cards are, but really, um, it's just all powerful. No matter Mm -hmm. what you pull, there's some invitation and tarot decks are kind of like wands in Harry Potter, if folks know that reference. So they really kind of get your, um, your energy starts to go into them. You start building a relationship with your deck. Mm. Um, And if you're in a, and, and tarot decks, by the way, like it's exactly the same as human dating. Like there's no difference. Like you really do (laughs) sometimes. sometimes, Yeah, it's true. Like some Mm. people like date around and there's not one and they're like, you know, hanging around with a deck. Um, But when you find like your deck, whenever that is, and there's no rush on that, because dating decks is very important. When you kind of find a deck that talks to you, and you're really making music together, there really is, you start having these um, relational intimacies that build up with your cards. And so tarot, how it can help us and how we can use it is that you don't need, nobody needs to like Smudge, no one needs to meditate, you don't need to do anything. When you're twisted, stuck, upset, not sure what's feeling, what's fact, not sure where your truth is, not sure where your center is, we know these archetypes. These archetypes are so ancient. Everyone knows what these archetypes mean. It's really that sometimes we have to go into the theory of the tarot to like remember that we've Mm. always known we've always known what the fool is we know what the high priestess is just Mm. hearing that we have this sense this understanding and like it might change and shift over time we all know what this is and honestly as a teacher of tarot sometimes I feel like my job is just to remove the um Blocks or the fear that stand in the way sometimes of people's inner knowing because everybody mm. knows what these are. Mm. So as soon as as soon as we start reaching for our tarot decks in those moments, we can immediately be shifted back to truth. Then that's mm. it. That that's really all it can do beautifully, consistently, ethically all the time.
0: And mm. again, if we're
1: if we're looking to it to be like, do they love me? you know, maybe you get something on that. Maybe you don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But like, what am I being invited to pay attention to at this moment? How can I come back home? Mm. It'll answer, it'll answer every
0: time. Right. And so that's how, um, you personally use it and, and encourage other people to use it from the perspective of like, you know, there's maybe a question or you're feeling a little bit stuck and you're wanting to get a little bit more guidance and, and the cards enable you to Find that within yourself,
1: yeah, I do, because I think mm. that um, that that is how it makes sense to me That's yeah. what I'll say like it just has oh I didn't learn it anywhere from anybody specifically, but mm. it um, is just what has been my organic way of of reaching for it and what has always made a lot of sense to me,
0: yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so, um, I read an article actually, and you were talking a little bit about, you know, ego and fear versus soul and love and how the tarot can really help us get out of, you know, the, the thinking mind and, you know, the external kind of world and, um, and really kind of come back to truth. Um, Yeah. And I thought that was just a beautiful way of explaining, um, mm-hmm. how, you know, how the tarot works. Is there anything actually you could add to that? Yeah. Um, I,
1: basically that, um, I want to, I love that you were reson, that you resonate with that. And mm-hmm. I think that that is something that it's like the million dollar issue, right? It's like underneath what we're all doing here, (laughs) whether or not, whether or not we're engaged in spirituality, right? Like we're, we're seeking peace like all the time. Um, Everybody, everyone, no matter who they are, how identified we might think they are. Everyone on this planet has kind of two like radios that are going on at the same time. And The radios are always on as long as we're alive and awake. And the one in one of these radio stations is the soul, which is another word for really our truth that is always available to us constantly. And it's extremely quiet. It's really a whisper and it's very easy to miss over the second radio station, which is like the brain and the Mm -hmm. brain is really, The brain likes to kind of tell us it does a million different things, but it really, and I mean, specific to the ego, the ego really does one thing. The brain kind of does one thing. It just wants to keep us alive. Mm. And it kind of tries to like sweeten the, you know, make it seem more, (laughs) but it really is just one thing. It wants us to stay put Mm. and the soul wants us to fly. And that's the constant uh, evolutionary tension that everyone's in all the time. Now where the tarot comes into that is the tarot is a mirror that will do anything you want it to do, which is, and I know that if you, if, if somebody wants to manipulate with the tarot, they can do it really easily. It's really easy, Mm -hmm. um, to be like, this is horrible. Give me two grand and I'll tell you more. Um, it's a very powerful tool. Of course, I'm not I'm actively not advocating that, but you can do it. And it is really easy too. to look at a card and be like, Oh my God, this is horrible. You know, it's very easy. It will mm. kind of be the mirror upon which whatever you're bringing to it will be reflected. So it will be a perfect mirror for anyone who says, you know, deck, higher self guides. Like I am in the shit. Like I'm angry. I'm jealous. I'm contracted. I feel like I'm never going to meet anybody. And I want to come back to truth. What Mm. is it that I can pay attention to in this moment that can help me come back to the truth of my Mm. journey in my dating life or whatever? And the tarot will answer you.
0: Mm. And no
1: matter what it gives you, it's a gift no matter what, even if it's like a quote, tough card or a negative card, really all cards bring medicine.
0: Mm. Um, the
1: the more you know about it, you know, the, the better it, the softer that becomes, but, um, yeah, like it, it, the, the divine tension, right. The evolutionary human tension between that, those two radio stations, tarot is really like the perfect, to me, God given tool to help be like, yeah, boo, like let's honor and bow to all the stuff that's coming up in the brain side. Let's not negate that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's beautiful. You're in pain. Like let's, let's embrace you. Let's honor you. Let's mother you. Let's nourish you. But also let's not forget your truth Mm -hmm. and it, and it can help, you know, it can really help. And I think that like, I think it does that of all the gifts that tarot has. It really makes so much sense to me that way. It's really beautiful for that.
0: Beautiful. So when you work with a tarot, do you generally have a question that you ask and then lay out, how many cards would you lay out?
1: I mean, it depends. It depends. I, you know, I'm, I, am i have been doing it for a long time, so I just sort of like go with the flow, but for myself, Um, I always have a question. Inquiry is important with the tarot. It's, it's important. Even if you're like, what do I need to know right now? It's, it's, I think it's important to have inquiry. I would, you don't always have to have a question, but inquiry is important. Um, I like, um, what is the invitation of the present? What am I being invited to pay attention to? What am I learning about right now? Mm -hmm. Um, what, um, how can I be gentler with myself? You know, I, that's the work I do with my deck mainly is like, I don't do really too much work with like what's leaving, what's on its way. Sometimes I do, but with, um, and, and I just let myself go with whatever I need. Sometimes it's like 25 cards and sometimes it's three or four or five. Um, Mm -hmm. but with other folks that I read for professionally, there is a spread that, um, it's, it's not like a particularly great, fancy spread. It's just a spread that I started to use when I started to do this work professionally a couple years ago that works super well for me and really answers those questions and I've since kind of modified it a bit. So I usually try to stick to that. Um, I try to stick to that when I'm reading for other people because foundational stuff helps me when I'm serving others. It helps me to have the framework. but in answer to your question, Mm. there are no rules, you can do anything you want. I would just say, um, to anyone listening, like have an inquiry and then, Mm -hmm. um, go from there.
0: Great. And then when, um, when you lay out the cards, so say you've Mm -hmm. laid out sort of four or five, something like that, then, Mm -hmm. um, how then would a person who's quite new to this read the cards or would they need to do a little bit of training or some reading, background reading um, in order to start to really um, get the meaning and the understanding from it? Well, there's a couple of different ways
1: you can go about that. The first one is, and I do want to honor that there are some people out there I'm not one of them, (laughs) but there are some people out there who are like, I don't need a teacher. I don't need a book. I don't need anything. I like, you know what this is.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And I want to honor that because sometimes people really want to be completely kind of like free in that way. And I you know, that's, that's great. Um, a lot of decks come with guidebooks. So I would say if you're working with a deck that has like a little guidebook that's come with it, consult your guidebook. Usually they're written pretty well. If it doesn't resonate with you, um, Biddy Tarot is a nice resource. Also, um, if you want to go with a book, I'd say Rachel Pollack's Tarot Wisdom or 78 Degrees of Wisdom is a wonderful place to begin. um, yeah like yeah you, know, you want to have you want to have something usually yeah. that, that backs up what you're seeing.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah because um when I've seen some tarot cards I've seen you know beautiful illustration and words and I'm like I don't know how to interpret this. Of course so, yeah. yeah of course yeah. And you know tarot
1: isn't uh I know that this is a very esoteric thing to say and I Mm. will ground it, but it's, it's not linear. So it's tough because some people come to it and they're like, well, what does this mean? And sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we know a week later. So I would say to anyone on their journey with tarot, wanting to really get more intimate with it. Journaling is your friend. Mm. And if you can, if you can record, what you pull and the date that you pulled it and just jot down a few lines about like the book says this, I don't fucking know what, yeah. I don't understand any of this.
0: <laughs> yeah. In a couple of weeks you'll go back and you'll know. Great. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's really powerful. The, you know, the the journaling and just kind of allowing it to just come and then letting it go and then allowing mm-hmm. the magic kind of to, to work through. Beautiful. <laughs> Love that. Love that. <laughs> Um, Thank you and so um so let's talk a little bit about your backgrounds with the with the tarot so um now, I know that you've been working with the tarot since you were twelve. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Wow, so <laughs> what drew you to the tarot? Were there people in your life that were using the tarot like friends or family or no. so what, what what happened there um, so there's kind of like a two parter to
1: that. The first is that. Um, I had a very difficult childhood, a very difficult upbringing and, uh, really was a very sensitive kind of intense kid and, um, young woman and always was kind of like looking for God in everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and knew from, I, I didn't have, um, I was raised by like. New Jersey, Italian, Irish Republicans. Like I didn't have any exposure. Um, but somehow I, I don't really have a lot of explanation. I think just in knowing, like, I kind of just knew things. Like I kind mm-hmm. of always knew, um, like I was, um, you know, attracted to multiple genders, <laughs> like from very mm-hmm. young. And that just, there was none of that in my ear. Um, and I even recall like, um, kind of popping off at my mom. She was like, well, you don't No, you don't, you don't like them. And I was like, I do. And if you mm. don't, you're wrong. You're wrong. Cause it's great. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yes. this weird, like this weird fire. I don't know. But, um, mm. so I had, I undoubtedly pushes from the invisible realm but like undoubtedly mm. just new things, couldn't explain them. Um, I definitely didn't feel special, but I can look back and really honor like there was a knowing. So long story short, um, I think uh, I found, I found tarot. I don't recall knowing about tarot before I saw it, but I found tarot um, when I was 12 in a bookstore in Montclair, New Jersey, Mm
0: -hmm. and,
1: uh, it was a twofold experience in my mind. Uh, the first one, like no shame. I thought it was so cool. And I wanted like something like that and just thought it was amazing. This thing. Um, I don't think I thought Cause I was like completely friendless and a geek, but I, I, uh, don't think I thought it would like make me cool and popular. I just thought it was very cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the other thing was like, I know that there was something in me that was like, maybe this is a way to communicate with something larger than like the really, really hard life mm-hmm. that I'm living. And maybe this is a gateway to something, um, I've always been looking for that gateway because from the time I was born, unfortunately, there was just a lot of uh, pain and a lot of Mm. abuse. So I think that that can spark up in people who are both inherently really have kind of in them a desire to serve and to be whole and also who are pushed from a really young age who don't really have childhoods. That was Mm. sort of my um, experience. So it was like this really – I don't rem- you know, I don't remember it being a particularly like amazing, mind-blowing thing. I just remember being like, "Oh wow, I love this. This is great. I want to play with it." And I bought myself a, a bunch of books because I wanted to learn. Um, and I just like played for years and mm. read for
0: everybody I could. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And so um, at that time, were you working with the cards? Were you journaling as well? You were asking questions?
1: No, no, I I wasn't. Not at like 12 or anything. I was just kind of like, I, uh, you know, I didn't really develop the kind of intimacy that I have with the tarot until I was about 30, but I did use it, um, read for people, read for myself, but found a lot lacking in the literature that I was uh, exposed to and finding. I didn't really have a lot of exposure to good tarot books. Um, I didn't find that they resonated with me. That's no shade on anyone um, mm-hmm. writing tarot books, like some of the greatest, and we wouldn't be here without them, but they didn't resonate with me. And I had a hard time finding myself in them. So a lot of the years of my life and by the way, this was true when I started to do it professionally, I was always very gifted with reading for other people. Like Mm -hmm. I always had an ability to get what was going on, but I found it very difficult to read for myself. And I would say it's only been like recently that I feel like I've gotten into like the sweetest part of my, it's a real golden time. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of tarot readers feel that way, by the way, I think it's Mm -hmm. like, very weird to read for yourself.
0: So it's oh, it, interesting.
1: Yeah. It takes, it takes a moment because you have to kind of like, when you pull, there's always kind of a spike of fear. If you yeah. pull, like that still happens. Don't know. It, it happens to everybody. Like yeah. anyone who tells you that it doesn't happen to them is a liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, it happens to everybody. And that's part of the work you do is to be like, Oh, wow. Okay. That's there. And then you just get better at recentering. Um, mm. yeah, I just, um, I don't think I thought to journal at that time. Mm. Maybe I did, but I, uh, now I do certainly, and have been for years, but not as a, like a teenager.
0: Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And I know that you mentioned and you speak a bit about it on your um, amazing podcast, um, Tarot for the World's um, Soul, um, about how the tarot has really helped you deal and heal from the trauma that you experience. Can you talk a little bit more about how the tarot has helped with that? Yeah. So
1: everything that I shared in the beginning of the interview, I didn't learn from anyone. I figured it out by accident because I was dealing with completely crippling um, PTSD. I had a breakdown mm. at 30 that was just like a very long time coming. Um, and uh, this is my PTSD it was very, very severe and went untreated for a really long time. So it was just a, a very helpful, um, it wound up being a good thing in retrospect, because there really is nothing like a breakdown to make you go, mm. I need help immediately. <laughs> so it wound up kind of transforming my life, even though it was hell. But um, I didn't have any money. So mm. I, I I got the help I needed in the form of like medication and a doctor and met my uh, teacher that I've been mentoring with, um, with spiritual work for a really long time, um, who I adore and love. And we have such a deep intimate relationship. And, but she was sort of a coach that I'd met that the work then deepened with. And because I was a coach, I had a connection with her, but other than that, and the support of my husband, like I didn't have anything. So Mm. the tarot, kind of came back into my life through a crazy set of circumstances that again, like was completely unplanned. I w I hadn't really been using it all that much and it sort of came back in and, um, became this tool that I just understood that when I was like in the worst darkness, um, it was there as an anchor. Um, and I do a lot of talking to people who have trauma or anxiety or depression that a lot of the time, um, this is speaking, uh, you know, biochemically, like when we have any experience, that's a little bit too big to be with. Like if we're completely Mm -hmm. knocked off our feet or overwhelmed, um, pretty much everyone from like the the most with it psychiatrists, psychologists, Buddhists, like it's across the board that you need an anchor. You need Mm -hmm. something that can help anchor you back to safety in those moments, not after or before, but in them. Mm -hmm. And tarot unwittingly became mine. I had not thought about it. It was like, there was no fourth, no planning to it, but Slowly but sure, like really everything that I'm sharing with you about kind of how tarot can be a decisive mile marker between brain and soul came through my journey through healing because, mm-hmm. um, again, it's a little backward with what we do in these days, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't, I like let the tarot show me. Like I didn't set out. It took me actually a little while to learn how to teach it because I, um, didn't really understand that it was all that different until, uh, a little later. And, um, something unique also happened, which is that I got an opportunity to start reading in New York, uh, again, completely spirit guided, I believe, um, in the midst of this healing, which, uh, I thank God for it because again, my every reading we give as readers is a reading for us too. Yeah. And so it was very powerful, healing, delightful, joyful. I love reading tarot to be able to let all that magic sing through me while I was healing. And then mm-hmm. to be kind of even more, like bonding even more with it. It was a very sweet, hard time, but um, yeah, everything I do, is from that time. Like before that, even though I was reading for like years and years, I, that was the time like Saturn returned age 30 post breakdown that all of it gelled and solidified. Um, and I was hearing things that were different. Like I would come out of the other side of having pulled a card in a very difficult moment and go, wow, interesting. Like I don't know how to even think about this card in this context. And then once my heart opened to it later, I realized like, Oh, I have a completely different interpretation of that card to offer people who maybe have been afraid of this card. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how tarot for the wild soul was born. um, Which is just the name of the offering that I teach, which is like not so radically different, but different enough that Um, it's just a way of reading tarot for evolution and for healing that kind of takes away the bad good and the binary and the linearness of tarot and really reshapes it into more of a spiralic way of looking at stuff, which is really out there languaging. And I know, um, yeah, I, I just um, every time, every time um, I was in something that I felt like was bigger than me, I just reached for my deck in my purse, in the bathroom, like restaurant
0: while I was out to eat. (laughs) Lovely. Yeah.
1: Like really, I I just, it, um, I just didn't, it didn't matter. I didn't care. And, um, it became this beautiful touchstone to not something outside of me, but Mm -hmm. to a part of me that I couldn't hear. Yeah.
0: So it was like... it was yeah. like a connecting tool back to self.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. so, and it's so, you, you know, you beautifully said it, you know, when you are going through a time of working through some stuff that has been traumatic and has created some hurt and needs some healing to have that anchor, whatever that is for you, um, mm. that enables you to kind of, yeah, connect. Exactly. That's, so, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful that, you know, it has helped you so much. Um, and, um, you know, I can really, I can really hear that through your podcasts that you have done, you know, through going quite deeply within yourself. Then yeah. when you're providing the readings for the month, you, you know, you're able to get to that, really the heart of, you know, humanity and, and, and how we all feel. Um, and I can really hear that coming through in your podcast. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful um, gift that, um, you're giving to the world, although it comes from a really hard, pain, like a hard, painful time. Um, there's, you know, so much beauty that's coming from that place. Um, and it connects, you know, with the, the Lotus, um, you know, growing up out of the, the depths of the mud, you know, and uh, I definitely resonate with that as well. Um, you know, on my journey again, you know, in my thirties, when I just had a bit of a kind of like, what am I doing? (laughs) You know, had quite a few things happen physically. And then I had a bit of an intuitive hit while I was at work one day, which was kind of almost like a pretend hand slap me around the face and go, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Um, You don't believe in what you're doing. You're not aligned. You know, you're selling something that you wouldn't even put in your own body and kind of moment. And, um, you know, sent me down the path, but, uh, um, you know, always having something that we can kind of come back to and bring us back to, ourselves and use that as a tool to you know create that inquiry and um and and do that work it's just a beautiful thing so thank you for sharing that
1: you're so welcome thank mm-hmm. you for asking me yeah
0: and um how has the the tarot really helped you to connect to your intuition have you found that it has helped to um, you know, you talked a bit about, you know, the difference between the, you know, the ego brain versus, um, you know, the soul um, and, um, you know, intuition, how, and, you know, we talked about how, how those voices kind of sound. One can be quite loud, you know, the brain ego can be quite loud and domineering, whereas the soul intuition can be that quiet quieter voice. Have you found the tarot has helped you to um, one, build trust in the smaller quieter voice and also bring it forth more often? Well, part of,
1: so the tarot is the thing that um, I, it's so funny because now because of it's so nice that there are people that resonate with my work. I'm, I'm asked this sometimes and I feel like, an asshole because I just, um, not in a bad way, like just in a colloquial way, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I was so obviously, um, a highly clairvoyant intuitive child, but like, I, I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like, and I think, I think a lot of us, uh, feel that way. Um, and it runs in my family and most of the people in my family who've had it have been, um, who have deeply suffered with like physical and mental illness because they just don't understand that's what it is. So I'm one of the first me and a cousin of mine, um, who's an amazing photographer in New York are like the first two people in the family to kind of be like, yeah, we're psychic, you know? Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, I share that because uh, it took me a very long time to, uh, like, believe that I had that. Yeah. And, um, oh, my God, the brain, like, for so long was like, you don't have it. It's a fucking joke. There are people who can, like, you are mediums. They see angels. Like, who are you? You don't have any of those gifts and would just invite me into all kinds of comparison and Tarot was such a gift for me because um, it took me such a long time to quiet the mind to the point where I could just simply sit and hear my guidance. And I don't mean hear like a voice in my ear. I mean, just like the knowing, understanding how it's coming through. And um, there's all kinds of ways that, that um, guides in the higher self communicate with us. So tarot helped to clear the brain chemistry that stood in the way of my gift shining. So it had a lot to do with it. And it's just like one of my favorite ways to play with spirit because spirit Mm -hmm. is very playful. And now incredibly, I live a life where there's really no separation. Like my work is being in service to spirit, like a hundred percent. And so Now it's a joy because there's nothing outside of that. Not like I'm like on a cushion all day, but, um, far from it actually, but it really helped. And I think that, um, the way we learn to trust those voices is just with time and with experience and, I mentioned that thing about the comparison because I find as a a teacher that comparison is usually like the intuitive's worst enemy because we tend to look around and we're like, oh, this person has this gift, or this person's talking about hearing in this way, and why can't I hear? Why can't I see? And um, the best thing to do, as hard as it is, is just to keep one's eyes on their own paper completely and that is what i had to do um and it's been such a gift because it's like i'm not a medium uh i uh like have never really um been someone that i think has a real life gift with it like the angels and the archangels but if i'm i'm more than willing to consider that that could change um, and it really just came from me being with my tarot deck and kind of being like, yeah, I mean, um, I'm not doing too much in the angelic realm in this lifetime. It's really like nitty gritty. How do we live here? Yeah. How do we, how do we not ascend? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, cause we are right. But like, yeah. um, so it had everything to do with it because I, I don't know. I'm a Virgo rising. Like there is some part of me that's like, I like things grounded in a way that I can understand them. And mm-hmm. so I think the tarot also helped to ground the like endless. Um, yeah. Just like it, it helped to refine something for mm-hmm. me. And it, and it took straight up years for me to hear my own guides it took me forever. Other people, mm-hmm. no problem, but mm-hmm. forever for me to be like, isn't in highest and best for me to ask about this,
0: (laughs) you know, I'm like, yeah.
1: Um, and actually I would say like, to just be like super fucking real, like in December, last December, almost a year ago, I got a major huge, like, um, earth shattering, uh, health. I got like really earth shattering health news and I'm okay. Everything's okay. But it was Mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. And, um, it it is like just a condition that I'm living with now and it's fine. It's like the only way I know how to say it. I feel like I've never been more intuitive because they're really never been more tuned in because there really is nothing like, um, kind of doing heavy work around like being okay with a diagnosis, like mm. working in your mind about death to be able to say, you know, it just changes. It changes the questions you ask. And I feel like, um, good or bad. I, I am handed things in my life that do refine my intuition mm. through experience. And then life kind of comes, the tarot comes in and like bridges the gap of it. Um, that's my like crazy, my, that's my very unique set of circumstances. But I would say, it's just a great, um, it's a wonderful tool to help quiet mm. the brain, connect us to something larger, connect us to that voice. And then the more we visit, the more they'll come to call on us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Continuing, continually to take the time for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause um, I know that, you know, for, one or one of the things that I um, work with clients on. So I'm a life coach and a wellness coach. And one of the things I'm really passionate about, and I just did a recent workshop on this is um, about, you know, how to nourish the nervous system. So a lot of the women that I work with are corporate women, um, you know, working incredibly hard, busy all the time, trying to do all the right things, you know, all the right things that we've been told are the right things, you know, to be all things to all people, to do a great job at work. you know all of this type of stuff but then there's a sense of something missing there's a sense of disconnection disconnected from the body disconnected from something that they know is there but they just don't know what it is and so feeling empty inside and then what do we do when we're feeling empty we're reaching for things outside of ourselves um and um you know i'm so passionate about creating spaces in life that enable us to connect and I think you know the tarot is a beautiful way you know if you're not keen on you know sitting down and meditating because that can be quite confronting for a lot of people yeah. particularly at the star you know so using something like the tarot as a tool to begin to you know um ask some questions or get some guidance from the cards and you know just begin yes beautifully yeah. put beautifully yeah. put so beautiful. Oh, thank you, darling. Well, um, course, yeah, <laughs> I would love to also just talk about um, some uh, new things that are happening for you. Um, so, you've got your beautiful podcast, um, Tarry for the Wild Soul, but I know that there's some changes afoot there, and then there's some other things that are going on for you work wise. So, I'd love you to um, talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I am, uh, there are a lot of things in like the oven right now in terms of projects and offerings that people will probably know more about next year. I'm kind of still in the process of learning too, but I think anyone who's kind of looking or seeking to learn tarot in this way will be excited by the potential of those things coming out. But yeah, my podcast um, is definitely going to be changing. So for the last uh, year and a half, I've had the honor of interviewing tons of readers and makers of tarot decks. And I will no longer be doing that. I will be doing interviews. Occasionally they will intersect with people who use tarot or read tarot. But what I am, uh, I've had a phenomenally transformative year through a lot of challenge and a lot of expansion. And, um, I, I'm a very Scorpio dominant gal and it's like, this is one of the first most public things that I've done that is evidence of like just the rebirth and there kind of has been a rebirth. And so the podcast is kind of coming along with me. So monthly medicines will stay the same, um, which is something that I offer at the beginning of the month to kind of check out the forecast of the, next cycle ahead. And I will most likely still offer kind of like a holistic lesson, like once a month, dependent on what's going on. But the thing that I'm most interested in is talking to people who are living the medicine of the cards. So instead of, uh, doing a lesson on the death card, um, I am going to have people on my podcast who have experienced a death, have lived through a death, who walk people through death. And we're going to be talking kind of about how the cards, um, show up in life, not just theoretically, but in embodiment. It's a very subtle change, but it's, um, going to be a huge energetic shift. Um, and probably an unpopular one (laughs) because, um, I think that some people might not get it and might be like, well, I want to hear interviews with tarot readers. And it's like, oh, there are a lot of people doing that and they they can hear them on other podcasts. But, um, I'm interested in talking to people who, um, are living these energies and it's not to say tarot readers aren't, but, um, not everybody who is a tarot reader is an embodiment So I'm excited because Mm. that means I can have all manner of people on my podcast, young and old, doing all different kinds of jobs. Um, So I think it's going to be a very exciting way to look at it. So that is shifting. And then I'm going to start doing weekly mini sods that every single uh, Monday I'll have a little Ask Lindsay So whatever people Mm want to ask me about their path or about a card that they pulled or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, it'll be maybe 20 minutes of me answering questions. So I hope it will actually be fuller and richer Mm -hmm. and juicier. Um, The changes aren't all that dynamic on paper, but I think the podcast is going to feel really different in the right ways. And I'm really excited
0: about it. Yeah. I am so excited about this. (laughs) I'm loving it. I'm loving it. That totally. I mean, for me personally, that really, really appeals Um, because it's starting. Yeah. It's starting to, to help us to understand. Yeah. You know, you can read something you know, but mm-hmm. until it actually is embodied and we can learn so much from someone else's experience because, you know, we can feel that within ourselves as well. So right. I think it's so healing for sure. Oh, Thank you. The I love it. Oh, Thanks for your so support. Exciting. And when, when will that be sort of happening? That is going to be
1: like fully announced in much the same way that I just did with you. Probably on, um, there'll be like probably a special episode that I'll record for the winter solstice on, um, on Yule on, uh, December 21st. Um, and then in January it'll just pop off and all that will start.
0: Great. Okay. So new year, here you come. <laughs>
1: yeah, here we come.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> so I have two last questions for you before we for come it. to a close. And um, so the first one is, could you recommend, and you may not be able to, but could you recommend um, a first tarot deck for someone who's brand new? Um, yeah.
1: Oh, it's tricky. Mm. I mean, I mean, Okay in ah th- oh, it's so hard okay in theory mm. the smith rider weight because if you know the it, the smith rider weight is not for everybody but it uh, if you know that theory you can read almost any card any deck so it is helpful to, uh, start with a Smith Rider weight, but you have to learn with a really good book. So I'd say like getting a Smith Rider weight and one of Rachel Pollack's books is mm, awesome. Um, but then I would also say that another secondary recommendation would be, um, just finding a deck that really speaks to you visually, um, and going from there. But cause you asked me specifically, I mean, mm. I would say, with, with some gray areas, with a little bit of hesitation, I would say Smith-Rider Wait,
0: Okay, perfect. I'm going to buy my first set. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Exciting. Yes. <laughs> Super excited. Um, awesome. And then the other question I had. So this podcast is called Becoming Whole. And I'd love to hear what living a whole life to you and wholeness means to you.
1: I love that question. It makes me feel all the feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, Living a whole life to me is not making anything bad that is happening inside of me. Um, Not pushing anything away because it feels too gritty. Um, Just really being present with all parts of me loving this body. Like for me, wholeness really starts with my physical vessel. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I'm really loving her, accepting her, even if I'm not understanding all of her signals and everything that she's expressing to me through aches and pains. And, um, if I can be unconditionally curious about it, um, it really helps. So, really being centered in the moment with myself, with this body and not um, shutting anything out. That to Mm. me is really becoming whole, living whole.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I totally resonate with that one. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to add to this podcast or anything that you'd like um, to announce outside of, um, you know, the podcast changes that you're making, any programs that are coming up that um, you think that people would be interested in? Well, you know, uh, this is like the first time I was sharing with you before we
1: recorded that Mm -hmm. I think I'm about to go into a year of book writing. It could change. I don't know, but This is probably the first time, um, that I've been so close to a new year and I haven't had multiple things to share. Um, and I'm, my, my hunch that I'm going into book writing is that, uh, nothing has come down about offerings and so I'm kinda like, okay, great. Like Spirit is keeping my plate clean for that. That's my guess. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, so other than like I guess saying that there's some really cool offerings that are coming like in months and time, um, I don't have anything. The only mm. thing I'd say is like I do a virtual tarot course every fall. So we're way ahead of schedule on that one.
0: <laughs> mm. So next, I, fall, I, next next fall. fall. Okay. Yeah, cool. um, <laughs> because something I love um about you know, and you bring this up in the podcast, and I think you know, you yeah, you know, you connect with your intuition, and then you live your life very much from that place.
1: You only know, from uh, that place, exactly. Yeah. And I
0: just think that's so beautiful. Is um, you know, has it has it taken a while to really build that trust in the unknown? <laughs> um. I mean, in it,
1: I never doubt what I'm hearing. I don't mm-hmm. doubt what I'm hearing. Like, if I get the in, the knowing, like, create an eight week virtual course that people can download, price it well, um, mm-hmm. pre record the whole thing. Um, that I know is like, I'm like, great. I'm doing it. It's mm-hmm. after that that i'm like oh my god am i not going to make any money i feel like i never have clarity on that i still don't Nothing's yeah. sure nothing's clear to me the only thing that i know is my part of the bargain is like if i hear it
0: mm. i just
1: have to do it and yeah. if it doesn't wind up clicking uh or if i try to force something or if i'm strategizing which i learned a long time ago really doesn't work and always makes horrible it makes it does not work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, If that happens, like I've just, it's been such valuable lessons. Like I've just learned through contrast. I've learned because there's always a moment when I'm like, oh, I forced this and I'm really feeling the consequences. So I, I never question like the ideas come through very clearly to me, usually fully formed. Like I can Mm -hmm. see it all. And that's always been how it is with my career. But it's like in the making of it, uh, it's hellacious. I won't <laughs> lie. Like it's yeah. hellacious and it has not really gotten easier, mm. but it's sort of a part. That's really the work. Yeah. Like that's not, that's my job. That the course is not my job. The course is the gravy. Yeah. That is like my off hours. It's the doing the course and everything that comes up during the course and like, who am I to make money? Who am I not to make money? Like who am I to teach? Who I, you know, every time I do something like that, I have people who swipe and, you know, are confronted because they're afraid there won't be enough for them. And, you know, there, there's a lot to handle in the birthing of soul offerings that really actually is the work. Mm. Um, and then the work is like the break incredibly, um, for me, not the break as in it's not any work, but it's a different kind of work. And I find that work easier. Yeah. It's, it's the work off the time, but yeah, I completely trust what I hear because, um, not necessarily because I just know, like when it, it's like the same way when you like, just know, like, you have a good idea. It's like, it's sometimes it's that simple. Like it just feels really good. It zings, like you get it, you understand, but then it's like the doing it is really hard. And that will bring, that brings up all the trust
0: things for me. Yeah, totally. And Yeah. yeah, I love how you say, you know, that's, that's, that's the job. Like the job is working through, all of those, you know, those emotions that are coming up and some things that maybe are a a little bit unhealed or some thought patterns that have been existing to kind of work through that. And it's actually, in some ways, it's such a beautiful journey, isn't it? Because um, we learn so much about ourselves and we grow so much as individuals and souls during that process,
1: even though it's hard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yes. And I mean, I'm starting to realize, like, I feel like kind of doesn't happen unless it's a little hard, not mm-hmm. that it has to be hard, but mm-hmm. I feel like the, um, the, it's like, if, if there's contraction, mm-hmm. oh man, it, mm-hmm. it really is like always evidence like, well, if there's contraction, if there's like discomfort, something's happening here, that's yeah. probably important,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: So mm-hmm. I definitely feel you on that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, um, I've gone through a really interesting time. Um, since I left corporate, mm. I, and something that, Congratulations, Oh, way. thank you. That's <laughs> amazing. Um, it was such a journey and something that I didn't realize that I'd come, uh, across was, um, a quite a big chunky period and, oh, yeah. um, of, of time of grieving, of grieving identity. Related to working Mm. in that corporate career that I thought I would always work in. And um, even though, you know, I didn't, you know, my soul was just totally, yeah, you know, you're totally on the right path. I had to go through this huge period of resistance over a new life and actually accepting the you know things were changing that was okay um yes. but I wasn't that conscious to it but I was feeling it in my body I was feeling icky I was feeling tightness mm. my hips were really tight I, you know I was just feeling kind of sick and I didn't know what was going on until I actually really started just putting myself down onto the cushion in those times mm. and just really breathing into it and kind of inquiring on what is going on. And then I realized that it was the little part or the part of me that was just like, oh, but I'm not ready to fully go yet. And just had to allow her to have a little hissy fit and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> take her time to <laughs> just leave me. But, yeah, I didn't realize <laughs> that
1: until I, I went know. through Grief mm. is always so shocking, isn't it? You yeah. just don't think. You just don't think. And then because we're so programmed to be like, oh my God, if I'm grieving, that means I did the wrong thing. Like yeah. it sometimes can really take a minute to be like, oh yeah. And, and honestly, I think sometimes it is hard because um, not everybody's where we are. And so mm. sometimes when we take leaps of faith or we're doing things that seem like we're, we've are we got it all, it can be really hard to find those deep, um, sources of heart centered unconditionality to be like, yeah, this is both great and also super hard.
0: Mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I've definitely found like podcasts like yours and, you know, my podcast has a similar intention in terms of, you know, providing, um, you know, shared stories, real, mm. authentic conversations and um, and creating that sense of connection um, so that people don't have to feel so alone when they are taking some changes in their lives and just going through yes. life in general as things do shift and change. Um, that's so beautiful thank you for your service in that way like
1: it's such a deep service and it really is an honor to be here with you in this you know
0: thank you so much Lindsay this has been such a beautiful conversation I've learned so much during this, um, interview from you, but also from your, um, your, uh, beautiful podcast. And I can't mm-hmm. wait to see how that evolves, um, into next year. Um, so I'm going to put all of your um, details. So for anyone who would like to follow Lindsay, see what she's up to. If you want to follow the um, podcast as well, subscribe. I'll put all of the details in the show notes so that you can. Thank um, you. And I just wanted to say thank you so much, Lindsay. This has been a fantastic conversation. Aww. And I wish you all the best with where your intuition takes you. Thank you. So exciting. you. too. Thank <laughs>
1: such a joy Claire thank you so much for having me
0: okay take care you too bye-bye and there you have it thank you so much for listening and I do hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some new insights if you're enjoying this podcast